Welcome to Pulse, a Paychex HR podcast, where HR professionals find insights on today's top issues and inspiration to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. I'm your host, Rob Parsons. Hello, everyone. Rob Parsons here. Our guest today is Jeff Higgins, founder and CEO of the Human Capital Management Institute, or HCMI. Jeff is a global thought leader with 25 years combined workforce planning, analytics, and finance experience supporting Fortune 500 companies. A former senior HR executive and former CFO, today we'll be talking about bridging the gap between finance and HR. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Uh, It's great to be here, uh, especially with another opportunity to talk about something I'm passionate about, uh, people, talent, human capital, and how to measure them. Love it. Uh, we, we had the pleasure of working together on the Paychex Thrive Business Conference. Uh, you were one of the featured speakers. It was really a great event. Uh, one thing that was really eye-opening to me there was how you set the stage uh, by discussing this idea of, of value creation, the value of human capital. And it's really not just some catchphrase uh, technology people are making up, is it? Yeah. I mean, human capital and value creation. Uh, so there, there's kind of, there's a few dimensions to that. Uh, one, and, and which we were chatting about before, which is really fun, and it's kind of catchy to remember, is that uh, the joke I always tell is, where are people on the balance sheet? Because the CEO on the board always says, people are the most valuable asset. Well, really, most valuable asset. There must be a big number on the balance sheet under the list of assets. Actually, there's nothing. Except people are on the balance sheet in a negative way. They're in the liability section, only you know, accrued bonus, accrued retirement funds, accrued, accrued payroll, anything that's accrued and owed to them in the conservatism principle of accounting says you got to recognize that. Positive, not so much. That's, that's the hole, and it's a big donut hole in accounting for how do we measure the positive value out of people. And the CEO and and many companies, and of course, the stock markets all recognize that. That's why 95%, 90 to 95% of the value of companies is intangibles. It's mostly around the talent, the the market, the brand, things that are either directly or indirectly related to people. So what that really says is people are, and this is what you and I were chatting about, people are an asset, yes, not well measured in the balance sheet or accounting rules. And further, they're an appreciating asset, whereas a computer is a depreciating asset. But I also joke that computers are more valuable than people to the typical company that's you know basically uninitiated in this. Why? Because the computer gets an asset tag and gets actually recorded on the positive side of the balance sheet. People? Nope. So that's, and and people get more valuable over time. How do you know? Well, because their compensation goes up. They get a higher level job. Their skills, capabilities, level of expertise go up. Otherwise, why would anyone ever hire somebody with, you know, gray hair? Because, oh, you know, you're old and expensive. Well, how do I get expensive? Oh, a lot of expertise. So the fact is the markets, compensation markets, actually in a way recognize this increasing value of people. Accounting only recognizes the increasing cost. So it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy uh, I guess donut hole that we have that again when I was in accounting and finance as a CFO I kind of didn't know what I didn't know I didn't see the donut hole now that I've seen it I can't see almost anything but the donut hole <laughs> yeah you they joke yeah you can't unsee it now that it's there yeah you can't ignore it anymore so tell me how does how does HR data come into play I I know CFOs have traditionally relied on HR to protect profits. 
minimize risk, ensure compliance, make sure nothing bad happens. How can HR turn that around? How can HR data come into play there? Yeah, great, great thing. I would add a point of clarification. So I think the most progressive HRs feel like protecting company and company success or profits is part of their role. Historically, that wasn't. HR would say their job is to protect the people, sometimes mm. in conflict with the company, which is not what HR is there for. So for the most part, I think that's addressed. And by the way, most companies have lined it up to say, look, we're not against the employees or the people either. You know, this whole pandemic with well, you know, big, huge focus on well-being, diversity, and actually greater levels of transparency around that has helped help show some of that for a lot of companies. Um, but the challenge still remains that you that you bring up, which is how can HR show their contribution? How can they how can they communicate with finance? How can they make this really impactful stuff? stick. Um, and I learned it the hard way when I crossed from finance to HR. I learned a lot of the HR metrics. I presented to management groups about high turnover rates and inability to re- attract or retain enough talent to support the growth strategy of the company. And I got you know, basically completely misunderstood. <laughs> so my bad, I learned, I said, I never, and by the way, I what happened is I when I crossed from HR, I forgot some of my lessons from finance. So in HR, the number one thing you can do is dollarize your metrics. Yes, you've got to measure HR. HR data is totally drillable, forecastable, predictable, optimizable. Finance data is just a score on a, on a scorecard. You can't drill into it. You can't. You can only forecast in terms of trending. Well, revenue is going up. Why? Oh, I don't know. Drill down. You know, are people being more productive? Oh, I hope so. You know, basically, finance can't answer these these questions about talent and people that the HR data can. And the the gap for HR is how do we how do we take these HR metrics and show them in a way that the CFOs, the COOs, and the CEOs, business owners will care about? You dollarize it. How much is on you know open positions? Work. By the way, there's a cost savings because you're not paying a salary, but you're also not getting work done. Usually that lost, lost productivity more than offsets the, the gain in open position, salary savings. What's the cost of turnover? What about lack of training? When we, you know, when we lose somebody and we have to pay 40, 30, 40, 50% more to replace. Well, that was huge. And by the way, we, they pro- we probably lost them because we didn't want to give them a promotion for 10% more. I'm like, that's a, from a business owner standpoint, that's a really bad decision. I'm like, okay, I saved 10%. Now I pay 30% gee, that was not a good transaction for me. But they don't think of it that way because they don't see the data. And that's where HR can highlight that. What is the replacement cost to people? Put some of the HR metrics in a finance light. Use, I'll jokingly say, use some of finance's principles back at them. And then they'll get it instantly. And the great thing about accounting and finance people is, and me being one, they're often paid to be a naysayer. Uh, but once they really understand the value, they could turn around to be one of your biggest allies. They'll go from pushback, pushback to pull, pull, pull. Like, hey, we should have been doing this a long time ago. Let me help you do it more, better, faster. That's a that's a huge insight there, Jeff, because this whole idea of partnering with finance to get done what you want to get done, that's got to be monstrous for, for HR to achieve that. And, and you talked about the five steps of, of an HR person getting that, bridging that gap. Bridging that divide, and I, I loved uh, point number one that you talked about, which was just start start correctly, ask the right questions. Right. Hey, can you elaborate a little bit that for uh, for our listeners? Just 
what are the kinds of things a, 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 an HR person should be thinking about? What are those right questions? Great. So I'll, I'll give you the I'll give I'll give you a couple of examples and and, and then sort of a connection plug. But uh, start with a question, and this is this is gets into a little bit of psychology, right? How as an HR leader, if historically you're not used to being considered as a strategic value add player at the table, you're there from a compliance standpoint, representing human capital execution of, you know, of some of the business strategy standpoint, but like, well, we really shouldn't be doing that. We should be doing this. Um, a lot of times HR is just going to get shot down because no one's used to hearing that message coming from that side of the room. So mm -hmm. how, how, how to do that? Well, one way to do it, to start the process simply, and this is sort of like you want to make it their idea. And one way, <laughs> their idea to quantify this, to solve this problem, to recognize that it's a big talent slash business problem or a business problem actually that involves talent or workforce. And that is ask a question nobody in the room has the answer to, probably including yourself, unless you've really done the homework and you're really progressive. Maybe you already have the answer, but don't feel like you need to provide the answer. Like, well, how do we know our workforce productivity is going up? Everyone's going to click you go, that's a great question. How do we know? We need to know the answer to that. And all of a sudden the conversation starts going and you almost have, yeah, you know, who can do it? Finance, can CFO, can you do that? I'm like, well, revenue and profit per FD. I'm like, no, those are good, but not great. We need something better. And that's where HR can say, okay, well, let's let us help you. We've got this amazing data. It is drillable. We can connect the dots. We can bring the contingent workforce in. We can do all of these pieces and we can make some, some forecasts. So we could say, are we more productive? And then there are benchmarks out there where you can go and say, how are we versus peers? Now we know how we are and how we're trending. We're getting better. We're getting worse. But how are we versus peers? Are we first or worst? And so that's the way to do it. And another one, you know, how how expensive is our turnover? Are we losing the right or the wrong people? If we're losing low performers, hey, that's great. Probably mm -hmm. it was a mishire on our part. They're going someplace where they're going to do better. If we're losing our best and we're and and all the mediocre are staying. That's a horrible issue. We need to find productivity is going to go down. How do we how do we fix that? How do we solve that? And so uh, one of the things on our website uh, actually has 25 key human capital questions. And I think uh, Paychex has a version of that as well that you can you can start with and you all, almost use it as a survey tool or, you know, at the appropriate point in the conversation, bring up one or two or three of those. And that's the way to start that journey because then they're pulling because they want the answer to it. It was now their idea. You just you just were the the prompter to get the question out there on the table. That, that's that's a great point. It really plays into your step three, which is is you've got to understand what drives the business. They're going to be interested if it's a question that lines up with the things that they need to to drive the business, to drive profit. Right. And, and a lot of times it's just taking, uh, and again, the mistake I made when I crossed from finance to HR, I thought I'd learned all the HR language. I came in speaking HR and nobody, everyone nods politely. No one really understands. So when you, part of it is the language of business is dollars. So put it into a money. Well, if we don't do this, we're going to lose, you know, all these open positions like in today that, you know, the great resignation, you know, most open positions in recorded history, if we don't fill these positions, we can't grow. Everybody's like, oh, how, well, how much is the risk? Well, you know, most of our growth, oh, we, okay, how much, and then it turns around to what do we need to solve? We need to solve this problem. What do we need to solve it? Oh, okay, well, we need to be able to better measure our workforce. We need to figure out our quality of hire. What is it that is most predictive of a successful worker in our organization for these kinds of jobs? Who's going to stay longer, perform better, that sort of thing. 
It, it sounds like a lot of this depends on analytics. And I know our, our product teams here have been working really, really hard on, on, on Paychex Flex and delivering this kind of data. If, if I'm in a position where I don't have ready access to this data, where do I, where do I get started today as an HR person? What's the first thing I should be doing if I want to start speaking this language and bridging that gap? Well, uh, you can get you can get some training, but I think I think you know what you're what you're asking is is really more you know more multifaceted than that. Which is, yep, you get some training, get educated. What are some of the best metrics I should be measuring? How do I start measuring them? But the one thing you know we as as consultants uh, can't overcome is an organization with no data. You've got to have data, and one of the best ways to get data is to try to have it all integrated into a system. Now, many companies might have it in multiple systems. They might have an applicant tracking system here, learning management system there, mm -hmm. or you know, core HR system here, and their payroll data is there. Well, ideally, you would have them all integrated into an HCM platform, you know, like a, like a Paychex Flex, and then it's easier to pull that data in sort of an, in, you know, in, in an integrated chunk or even in four chunks because it's already kind of all in one place for you. And that's the, that is the starting point, having the data and then knowing what to do with it, which is, you know, part of the training and what are the metrics and measures that I should be using. And then, of course, ideally in the future, uh, the tools are actually going to start to calculate more of that for you and almost say, you know, would you like to know this and that? Um, who knows? Maybe you know, with with the march of AI and machine learning, it might even start making recommendations for you. The joke we have here is, you know, when we have the predictive machine learning or AI models, and it says you should do this, will people believe it? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Will they will they be willing <laughs> to act on it, or will the you know the business executive has been I've been doing it this way thirty years? That's that's bunk. Well, might be worth a pilot or an experiment. That's what I would say. Exactly. Test that hypothesis. So you talked earlier about benchmarking, which I found really interesting. It's something our, our developers have introduced here in the platform. How do you go about benchmarking if you don't have ready access to that data? How does one go about even finding how good or how you should be performing? Okay. Well, some of the bigger players... Uh, like a paychex have a lot of data from a lot of peer companies. So you can always, I would say, start with your, uh, your payroll, your core HR provider, uh, or if it's recruiting data, you know, go to whoever your applicant tracking provider is. Many of them will not have it, but some might. And, and it, it'll depend on, on really how progressive they are and, and if, how clearly you can kind of state what you need. Again, that's where your education, if you kind of know what to ask for, they might mm -hmm. be able to give it to you right away. If not, you know, like if you go asking any of your customers for, I need benchmark quality of hire data, no one's going to have that because it's not well enough measured yet. Does that mean it can't be measured? No, which is an interesting dichotomy. You can actually measure that. Um, the thing is, companies are doing it on a little bit customized basis. They're using a combination. We call it a, uh, an index metric. You measure a few things together. Um, but there, there are benchmarks out there. Um, you know, HCMI provides benchmarks, particularly around workforce productivity. But other organizations have a lot of data around, you know, average labor cost, overtime utilization, all kinds of things that you would care about that are, you know, good, low-hanging fruit for quick wins, uh, like some of the Paychex Flex system. That's fantastic. There's so much ground to cover here, and we only have a short time in this podcast. Are there any last thoughts or words of advice you could give our listeners around 
bridging this gap and and speaking this language of finance and and really making more of an impact in their companies? Yes, I mean start with the questions and that use that as a way to get your mandate or get approval before you dig deep, right? Everyone thinks, "Oh, our data is not clean, it's not ready." There's there's literally 20 good reasons not to do this, but all of them are inadequate because you have to do it. It's sort it's sort of like you can't finish the journey until you start. So just get started, pull the data you can, start asking for additional data that you don't have whether it's benchmarks or additional, you know, additional modules to add to your system so you can deepen and broaden what you have. Uh, get some education around some of the some of the best metrics to start to measure. And then focus on the questions. What are our and have uh, I could tell you one of the one of the best a big insurance company was struggling to get analytics started. Why? Because it's a company full of math majors. Um, and I forget the the term of the insurance uh, what do the insurance insurers become? Uh, the adjusters, the yeah, uh, 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 adjusters, but uh, un, not, uh, underwriters. Anyway, they're all all math experts. So it's a lot of people that are brilliant at math. Or is it paralysis by analysis? Tell <laughs> yeah, tell, trying to tell them how to measure, and they're like, no, 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 no. They turned it around. They came in, and they had a they had someone from the analytics team who was there in the meeting with the HR business partners, and they said, look, what what business issues do you have that involve the workforce? And then the the business unit leaders like, oh, well, I'm struggling with this. I can't fill that. Career pathing is a challenge. And they're like, oh, and so they took good notes. And they said, so you mean this, you mean this, you miss. And they just translated a little bit because the, the business leaders know how to state the business problem. HR can tie that to the workforce and what workforce mm-hmm. is. They said, yeah, turnover is an issue. Yes, uh, internal career pathing is an issue. Yes, talent attraction is an issue. They went back, did a lot of work, came back with some solutions. And the uh, that business unit leader, which was a large multi-thousand employee line of business, became their biggest champion. And it's all that's really all they had to do. But the, of course, they had to have the data and they had to know enough to know what to do with it and then have that connection point, the conversation. What challenges are you facing? Which is what those key questions are intended to do. Get them talking about the business issues. You then translate that into the HR and workforce issues. That's a great place to start. Like you said, start where you can uh, and know where the gaps are, and then you can start digging into that. Yeah, don't try to solve everything all the way. That's the other thing. Don't go for perfection. Go for you know significant improvement. And the, the great thing is there's – I hate to say this. It's like pots of gold buried under your feet. The ROI is everywhere. You just have to have a shovel and maybe the lens, uh, right lens on your glasses, and you can pretty much see where to start digging. Fantastic. Jeff, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. And thank you to our listeners. I encourage you all to visit hcmi.co. There you can learn more about workforce planning, productivity analytics, all the things we talked about today. It's a layer of business acumen I think all of us uh, can benefit from. Uh, We'd also love you to tell us what you want from this podcast. Please visit payx.me slash pulse topics to submit, submit guest and topic ideas. That's P-A-Y-X dot M-E slash Pulse Topics. Thank you all, and please stay happy and healthy. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021, all rights reserved.